part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Branion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Ah, it's lunchtime. So I just finished off a bowl of, what What kind of soup is this? Tortellini. It's tortellini soup, and it was darn fine. Mm-hmm. It's actually a riff on the recipe I usually make. I usually use Italian sausage, but I just had ground beef this time. So it's like a cross between tortellini soup and beefaroni soup. Mm, it's, uh, it makes me appreciate the fact that God gave us taste buds and the ability to, you know, to experience things beyond just eating yeah that's the thing about eating you know it could be it could be a bland affair we could just we could just take nutrients in and have that be the end of it but no god's idea was that there would be things like tortellini soup (laughs) colin's here wait come here colin colin made his lunch too and Mm -hmm. what how did you make it i put um uh, two halves of tomato Two halves of tomato. Two halves of a tomato. No, no, now understand it's a cherry tomato. So okay. he's cut a cherry tomato in, <laughs> in half, half, and it's right there. Where? Is it in there? Yeah, it's underneath. It's under this. the meat. Okay, there I see. There you go. <laughs> and okay. what's that? Oh, I think I know what that is. Is that butter? Mm-hmm. A little pad it's of a butter. a little pad of butter and cheese <laughs> and Because ham. he found the butter I had sitting out on the counter to get to room so, temperature because I'm going to make some banana bread later. Ah, such banana bread's another reason, mm-hmm. another proof that there is God and He is good. We went down to the gas station to get some Crisco, but they didn't have any, so I looked it up and I can substitute butter. So you can always substitute butter. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna put the butter that Colin didn't put on his sandwich in our banana bread. Whatever butter is left over from Colin's sandwich. You only have one piece of meat, though. I feel like you could use a little more protein on that sandwich. Mm-hmm. I only have one beef jerky. You could stack it up. You, you only could stack it up so it's like four inches thick. And then put, yeah, like a Dagwood sandwich. Uh, so, yeah, we're eating lunch. Peaches is eating, not protein. I guess, a salad. I guess that's a salad, but it's got a lot of... It's healthy? Got a lot of stuff in it. Got carrots and tomato, and don't tap on that. And um, these uh, these sunflower, sunflower seeds that Luke bought that I don't know if he realized were not salted. Man, that changes things. Unsalted sunflower seeds. It just tastes like sunflower seeds, whereas salted sunflower seeds taste like salt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. They're a little bland, but... Yeah, well, uh, it was... Uh, okay, hang on. Emery and, so- Emery and Colin, go back to the kitchen, please. All right. You've heard it already. They wanted to sit. Ar- they're hanging around because they know oh, that I'm going to play the song. Okay. Well, we'll, we're not playing it right now, but we will yeah. very Go soon. The There's a video that I haven't seen yet that the Peaches is going to play for you and me both, Carl. We're both going to experience it. I'll be able to see the video. Yeah. You'll have to go to YouTube to see it. Yeah. Well, you know the song, but you haven't seen it. And so we're going to play the audio version for Carl while you watch the video version. And maybe then Carl will be inspired to go see I the cannot video. wait. 
Well, we had a conversation. You guys had a conversation with Emmy recently because she had some concerns about going to heaven, which I thought was adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cute. She was worried. She was worried about going to heaven, Carl, because she thought that she was not going to be heaven was going to be such a big place that she wouldn't be able to find Jesus. Well, it started out she was afraid of death. She was afraid of dying. I don't want to think about dying or I'm afraid of dying. Right. And so you're like, oh, yeah, okay, existential crisis. This is very common to the human experience. We're going to right. have to talk to this child not, about Not just children have this crisis. Right. right. We're going to have to talk to her about, you know, death and dying and how it's okay because it's, it, if you know Jesus, then it's just continuing in a, you know, your life in a different way and, yeah. and we get to go to heaven. Door. But she already knew about the heaven part. That was what was so funny to me. It struck me as extremely childlike in the in the way that she wasn't concerned about God or heaven's existence. Right. She was concerned that it wouldn't be a place that she wanted to live. No, not even that. She knew that that's, again, funny to me because she it wasn't like she was doubting whether Jesus was the kind of guy that she would want to be near right. or with. It was just like, there's going to be this great thing after I die, and I'm afraid that I will not be able to go find where it is. Like, she's right. going to miss She's afraid it. she's going to miss the party because of the size of heaven. Right. She was, like- she's never been there, and so she doesn't know where she's going. And she has some issues with, like, direction and being sure. afraid of, of, like, when we take walks, I sometimes let her choose, like, do we turn left or do we turn right? And she's she always has some anxiety asking, about like, that. do you know where we are? Yeah. Am I going to get us lost? Like- <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I remember having a dream when I was about her age, a, a recurring dream that I was in the car, right. and it would just start moving. Right. And it was like, oh, no, I don't know how to drive. And right. I couldn't make it stop, and it just was motoring down the street. And right. it was like, how far am I going to go? Is my parents going to be able to find me when this car eventually stops? It so was- it's basically that. That was what was funny to me, was I thought we were going to need to have like a theological conversation about how heaven is is a place of joy and no more tears right. and all these she things. She was cool like, with all that. I know that, but how do I get there? <laughs> how like, do I get there? I'm going to, if I get to heaven. I'm sure it's great. How do I not miss it? Right. And she was like, I'm, it's so big, I'm going to get lost. She's afraid of being lost all the time. Right. And she doesn't really understand that, like, the whole lost imagery is always associated with hell. And the found slash adopted slash, yeah. you know, inclusion yeah. imagery is always about heaven. It was so very cute. Yeah. Well, you said that just before we started the broadcast, Carl, we were talking about this. And Mandy said that uh, she was also concerned about not being able to find her family. Right. She was afraid that she was going to well, be experiencing. Well, she figured we would be with Jesus. Her family's going to be with Jesus. Yeah, because we're grown up and it. we can drive and we right. can get there. We're, we're good with maps. Because every time we take a walk, I know exactly where we right. are. So, so I'm the dad, one who knows where Jesus is. Mom and dad are going to be able to find, uh, and probably Cammie and Colin, the big kids, are going to be able to find Jesus easily. Yeah. And so she was concerned that she wasn't going to be able to find you. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going to be able to find her family. <laughs> That's great, Colin. So, <laughs> Colin has a little tiny bug on his And he knee. came out here to show it to us. Look, look, give him, he says. Give him a name. Uh, so she was worried that she wasn't going to be able to find her family. And what did you tell her when she said, well, how, I, how did I find you? I said, how, did you have to look for me the first time? Yeah. I said, how did you find me the first time? How did you find mommy the first and time? And she didn't understand the question. And I said, did you have to come and find me? Did you have to get in a car or, or take a walk and come and find me? And she was like. No, no, but like she couldn't remember and she can't right. remember. So she, 
How she did I get here? She thought it was a trick question. Like, <laughs> how did I, I find my, how, how did I end up at She's this like, house? That's the whole problem is like, I can't remember it. I can't trust myself to get right. here. And I said, who gave you to me? And Silas was the one who said, Dodd. Dodd. D-O-D. Uh-huh. Dodd. And I said, Silas is right. And God is the one who get, who put you in our family in the first place. And so he puts you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to think about it, is right. what I told her. When you get to heaven, if it's a big old place, God will do just what he did when you were born. <laughs> put you where you need to put go. Put you where you need to I, go. Actually, I said he'll put you where, when you're born when you're born again or when you go into the next life and you're born again, then you'll go where you need to go. Right. So. Yeah. That's sweet. That's sweet. That makes me... Makes me happy to be included in conversations. And like then I that. said, Do you feel a little better about it? And she goes, Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. You gave me a b- bunch of philosophical stuff that's over my head. So right. that wasn't a tremendous comfort. Sort but of. But you know, sort of feel better. Earlier today, you let Colin drive off, off on his bicycle, going who knows where. <laughs> and I'm not totally sure. That he even knew where he went. I'm not sure that was a very responsible thing to do. And I might have some reservations about that that lead to nightmares later. I'm right. not sure. So, uh, all right. Well, we uh, we got a new video, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vacay with Comics is coming up. It's just around the corner. If your idea of a corner is almost 12 months. Uh, like a year, a It's full a year. giant corner. But uh, we, we put a video together. We had John Thomas Oaks do a sea shanty. Another to, one. To another sea shanty because the first one was The first one was so specific cool. to Starving Comics show. Mm-hmm. And if you've been listening to our bonus content on Thursday afternoons, which, by the way, today is Thursday, and I have to push the notifications to the Subsplash app, people. Just uh, thinking out loud here. Okay. Um, so I have to... Okay, th- no. There is bonus content today. From Starving Comics that people can go and watch or listen to, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but this but, will be Monday when they're hearing this. So Well, they still can listen to it. It's really weird recording stuff and putting it out because there's a... There's a time warp. There's a time warp. It's like a black hole. But, mm-hmm. um, but the point is that the first sea shanty was made specific for Starving Comics show and had a theme about, like, basically the whole show was the theme for the song. And this time it's specific to Vacay with Comics Mm -hmm. because all of the hosts from the Starving Comics show were at Vacay last year. Correct. And so they're actually looking forward to it again this year. They know what they're getting into and they like it. know what we're getting into and it's really fun. We've had a lot of people request that we do it again. This is funny because everybody, first of all, JT already... um, debuted the song live on starving comics a few weeks ago yep but then we decided we wanted to turn it into a music video so i took great pains to get all of you to send me right you were pretty pretty aggressive that's pretty pushy yeah in your demands for video our intern it's her last week actually tomorrow is her last day her class has to all of her stuff needs to be turned in for her internship um tomorrow so uh, she was pretty, pretty pushy. Carl. She was going to do the music video and she was the one who was like, well, I would love to finish that before I am done. Right. Here. And Ellie is very nice and soft spoken and wouldn't be as, as pushy as you. And yeah. so you, she also doesn't have Marco Polo, which is where I was communicating with you guys. So, right. but she, but you're like a mom. Yeah. You're like a mom. And so like, you just mommed us. Hi everybody. Here's what um, you're going to do. Get a green screen. Uh, just mouth the words. Or even if you don't want to like lip sync, 
you can just make some piratey noises and uh-huh. wear a costume that because it's basically video that's just going to play over the top of the thanks him right it's separate and JT was very prompt he always is JT who was both the composer and the soloist for the song was the first one to hand in his video he, put, he literally the day after we asked had a, a multi-track audio version of the song that we could use for the music video and he had he and his parents in pirate costumes lip syncing yeah I saw that I saw yeah. the but I haven't seen the finished video right yet. with and you guys so I don't know what Brian did I don't know Juwan. what Juwan did uh I know what I did okay I so you have remember. to hold this hold the hold the microphone over your or I mean hold the speaker over your microphone while you're watching it but click on that click on to see just the only thing that's there okay yeah and mm-hmm. uh, you might have to I'm gonna have to is it north of the great cedar lock where all the comics are running the muck. Good on you finding a funnier flock. Vacay away we go. <laughs> I like Set your compass and open uh. your sails. Be praying for mercy the day you go. Strength for the journey, whatever it entails. Vacay away we go. Here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> Come as you are when the summer's a where comics make jokes out of every phrase. <laughs> Slather ye burgers with thick mayonnaise. <laughs> Vacay away we go. Here we go. Set your compass and open your sails. Be praying for mercy the day you go. Strength of the journey, whatever it entails. Vacay away we go. <laughs> it's Juwan that Juwan does it every went time. right over the top. Dinner and donuts and dominoes. Swimming and singing and sand on your toes. Vacay away we go. Set your compass and open your sails. Be praying for mercy the day you go. Strike for the journey whatever it entails. Brian looks kind of cool. He does. He, Brian looks the most like a pirate. No hammerhead sharks or tsunamis for sure. Because the Oaks family, I guess Tommy and Pat looked like pirates. But yeah. JT looks like he might be an admiral in the Royal Navy. He's dignified. Juwan is the opposite of dignified. Juwan looks like he's full of skullduggery. Sweet candy cabin your craving will crawl. You'll bound to the Tory just like a gazelle. On Sunday we'll cry as we bid thee farewell. Vacay away we go. She did a good job editing this. Be praying for mercy the day you go. Straight for the journey, whatever it entails. Vacay away we go. Vacay away we go. Now watch, last frame. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll put that up on the website. It's going to play again. Everybody will be able to see it. That was great. So it was just a cobbled together bunch of videos that we sent her, and she she put put it all together. Oh, man. Every time, it was family movie time last night when I that came in, so I was watching it, and my family was sitting across the room watching their movie, but, like, every time Joan popped up on the screen, I would start <laughs> giggling. <laughs> Luke gave me a look, like, what? What? And I was just like, uh, Joan. Yeah, they should use that for Casting Crown's promo. Yeah. That's pretty, repre- yeah. That's pretty representative of their music. 
Um, so we want you to come with us to vacay, Carl. You can find stuff on the website about it. Find some details. Get your uh, get your tickets. It's going to be a hoot. Away we go. Uh, anyway, that's all I have. Okay, uh, I want to talk about Pete Holmes and Tom Segura's video. Did you watch any of it? Nope. Well, I watched the first, like, two minutes. Okay. And I saw where it was going, and I was like, meh. I didn't watch the whole thing, to be honest. But uh, Pete Holmes, Tom Segura are a couple of comedians uh, famous comedians in their own right. Pete Holmes is probably a little more famous than Tom Segura because Pete's, I think, been uh, Saturday Night Live and, and had a special of his own. He had a talk show for a while. So he's he's somewhat recognizable. But they were looking at a video, Carl, of quote-unquote Christian uh, jokes is what they were Yeah, I never even got to that part. In the video, I You didn't even get that far? No, he just started talking about how, you know, he knows so much about Christianity because he went to a Christian school or something. He went to a Christian school. And so he was just talking about how much he knows about Christianity and how, you know, the problem is that so many Christians don't realize that Jesus is all about authenticity. And Uh that's when I was like, Uh all right, bye. (laughs) You are such a tough crowd. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not interested in what you think, whether you think these jokes are funny or not funny, because already the premise is broken. You think they're Christian jokes, and you can't even define Christianity. So I don't care what you think about the supposedly well, Christian jokes you rustled up. <coughs> uh, I have a few thoughts about it, and we can even discuss it, even though you only watch two minutes of it, because yeah. my thoughts are my thoughts are based on Basically, the first two minutes. I did watch further than you. I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the premise is flawed, I think, because this is this is what secular people do. This is what non-believers do. This is what the enemy does, is they go, well, Tom Segura, it's his podcast. And so he's got Pete Holmes, and then he and, and the, the co-host, I don't know what her name is, are talking to Pete because he's an expert because he used to be part of this right. group. He used to be, you know, a Christian. His upbringing. The whole time he was still saying us and we too. Right. Like he was not just saying I used to be, although he did say that once. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time he was talking like he still is He's a still Christian one of, one because of, of by nature of the fact it's like having a it's like going through a CPR class once maybe and then carrying the expired card around in your wallet all the time and being like, "Oh yeah, here. I'm a I'm a doctor." Oh, do you know it's, it's like you know anybody who had a family member or whatever that had one of those special parking permits mm-hmm. that you hang from the that lets you park in handicapped parking zones mm-hmm. and then that person is no longer part of the family, they pass away or they or they they're parking permit expires yep. but they keep using it yep it's like that or these people yeah the, the these christians keep parking in the christian parking spaces and they're not really legitimate yeah. it's like that but anymore. then going on a radio station or a podcast and actually talking like we in the disabled you, community blah 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 you're representing us christians and he even said at one point during again one of the very short amount of time that i was listening <laughs> during some of the 15 he, seconds he actually listened. said we like i i really i just 
I'm rooting for these people. I feel a lot of I feel a lot of solidarity with them or something like that. Yeah. And so he said, which may we. be true. He caught himself saying we. Then then quickly clarified, I feel a lot of solidarity with them, those right. people over there. And then returned back to identifying as a guy who's handicapped when he's really just using the handicap sticker. Right. Yeah. Right. He was he was not again. He was again. not consistent in his thinking. And that's a given, and that was what I expected. But there were the, the the first premise that I wanted to you know get out of the way was the idea that whenever non-Christians are talking about Christianity, they always go to somebody who is either no longer a Christian or some weirdo fringy Christian. They they never go and talk to somebody who's an actual authority. The 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 authority is somebody who basically used to be involved in some sort of church. Right. You know, grew up and went to or went to a Christian school or whatever. But that's their authority. It's not based on uh, knowledge of scripture or theology. It's it's based on past experiences in some sort of uh, church environment. Right. You know, it's kind of like. I was just talking about this with Megan yesterday, my sister-in-law, because she was saying that she went to the library, um, one of the branches of the local library, to ask about homeschool resources. Because she was like, do you guys have any, like, clubs or um, or Brochures. Do, well, do you have pamphlets. any, like, after-school activities or whatever for homeschool families? Like, what sort? do you have curriculum on the shelf anywhere? At and, the library? Yeah, the library. And the librarian was like, well... We do have some, but most people aren't aware of it, and we're trying to get more. And so, basically, we're going to have this um, like meeting in the fall where we kind of announce to for a bunch a bunch of people who don't know anything about homeschooling right. are going to have a meeting to figure out what sort of homeschooling materials right. need to be available at the library. Right. Well, no, she's going to announce. The librarians are now going to make it known to the public about their homeschooling resources that they do have. But that's what I said to Megan. I said I'm concerned about this i have some concerns because i don't think that the that the librarians at the public library should be the ones teaching any sort of classes or conducting any book clubs or holding about any meetings about right. homeschooling they're not they're not the authority on everything published Knowledge. just because right. they're librarians <laughs> well, they're not the, you know? they're not the authorities on all academia right we have many many books here therefore we know right. all there is about all there is right. anything in a book anywhere we can tell you about because it. we're librarians right and right. that's what i told her is that same idea that right. like and and megan's point was well people don't know where to go and so kudos to them for looking for resources and i said yes but they're actually even more in danger in yes. that if, scenario if, if this was if this was not 1923, yes, good for them for going to the library, well, the source of no, no. all knowledge. She's saying that you're looking for resources because the same people are going to have the same problems wandering out on the World Wide Web trying to find resources for homeschooling. Too. It's going to be hard just, to know who the authority you is. You can't just Google homeschool stuff, you know, and sure find... You, can. you can't find <laughs> sure something can. quality just because you ask the internet. Right. And you can't find something quality just because you ask a librarian. But but it's that same idea that, you know, people are desperate for information and they don't know where to go. And right. so kudos, I guess, to the atheists for being interested in Christian culture or whatever. But you look dumb when you walk up to the first guy who says he used to be a Christian and ask him for his take on things. Right. Because he, he doesn't necessarily right. know all there is to know about all there is to know. Well, I'm suspicious that they were really interested in Christianity Versus, I, I feel like the reason that they made this video was because they wanted to mock 
the comic. You feel like they were looking for content for their podcast? That you d- yes. And, wow. And you didn't get this far. You didn't watch no. it. <laughs> but, but it is, uh, it's a, they're basically riffing on and cracking on this video that this sort of nerdy dweeby guy made who's, you know, a Christian, I'm a Christian guy. And so these are the sort of jokes that Christians tell, but, but they're not. And then, and then it cuts to two guys like sitting at a table in front of a green screen. You know, they've got a, they've got a fake background behind them. And the one guy just basically tells this cornball joke and the other guy laughs. And then, uh, Segura and, uh, Pete Holmes stop it and then they start making comments on it and I'm mm-hmm. like okay this isn't fair this is like this is like taking an open mic guy it's like going to an open mic right. and recording some you know first year open micer and then and then saying well this is what Pete Holmes and Tom Segura do you know I'm I'm going to make a commentary on the state of stand up comedy I'm going to make a, a comment on secular comedians based on this and it's just not, there's no, there are no actual uh, Christian people. I, I need to take that back. If this was the environment that Pete Holmes came from, I don't know. But if this is what his experience was when he was a church person, when he was a Christian person, mm-hmm. then, then their conversation is legitimate. Then he can, then he can comment. But I don't think that this is what it was. No, and here's the thing. My experience going to a Christian school and, you know, many Christian churches in my lifetime and growing up in Christian culture, my experience is that I knew dozens of kids in youth group with me or in my Christian high school who I knew were going to turn into Pete Holmes someday. They were always ragging on the Christian culture even then. They were always complaining about the teachers and the principals and the parents and how uncool they were and how stupid the music was and how bad the lame the videos were and all this stuff. And I, even at that time, was like, okay, but none of us are arguing with you. Right. <laughs> right. All well, the was... rest of us are here agreeing that that's corny and right. stupid and it's not the it's not the whole of the content that's available to us. Right. Like, for you to be so, for you to think you're so much cooler than we are is actually pretty lame in and of itself. Yes, there, that was that was exactly <laughs> my thought. It's like, yeah, you feel like you're you're real hip, you know, right. for making fun of these Christians. But it's like, I agree with you. I've said the same right. thing. Right. And meanwhile, like while we were at school, those of us, those few of us who were going, okay, well, what can we do to improve, you know, the music and the literature and the paintings and the, the art? What can we do to improve it? Well, I'll tell you what we can't do. We can't rely on Pete over there because he's such an arrogant jerk that like nobody wants to work with him. He's so busy complaining about teachers who are pretty nice and parents who are actually doing a lot to sacrifice for their kids to send them to this private school or whatever. And this kid who's, you know, 15, 16 years old has no patience for any of it. Like no great, no gratitude, no sense of ownership in the culture, no sense of like, this is, this is, I'm one of you. And because I'm one of you, I want to improve all of our situations. It was always, I'm so much better than you. Always. And we knew it. I knew it then. I knew it when I was 15, which of my fellow 15 year olds were going to grow up and be arrogant jerks and right. and just go go on talk shows and get famous you know answering the questions from a christian perspective when even then at 15 i knew that they weren't 
They weren't Christian. Right. They weren't one of us. They never wanted to. They could not wait to get out of the church and out of youth group and out of school. And so the rest of us kind of wished they would. We were we were kind of looking forward to that too. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and leave now? <laughs> you're, on your, you're on your way towards apostasy. Why don't right. you just pick just, up the pace? We know you're only here long enough to get your credibility so that you can go and use it for money and fame later. Like, right. stop, we know that. Stop walking away from the faith and start jogging Run. away from it. Goodbye. Maybe, and that's what Maybe I, get an Uber. Maybe call right. an Uber and drive away from the faith. <laughs> right. And let's just get it over with. Right. But that's the kind of commentary, though, because, again, I've known many, many people like this. I've seen them walk out the door. When they hear you say that, and, like, the rest of us chuckle, like when you and me and my husband, being loving. my siblings, we all crack up laughing <laughs> right, at right. the image of you having the door whack you in the rear end <laughs> on your way out, and they turn around and go, you're not being like Jesus. And it's like... You didn't hear a single sermon. You slept through all of them. Shut up. You, right, and you, you weren't even know, paying attention to what you said you 30 seconds ago. You don't know who Jesus ago. is. And yeah, every time you see somebody you think is Jesus, it's always going to be the lame, uncool kid like right. that you don't want to be around. So go, and we're going to keep laughing at your back. Bye. Like, And yeah, they never, they don't appreciate the good comedy. Like as soon as they hear somebody actually making a legitimate joke that other people are appreciating and laughing at, they can't tolerate it. They don't think that it's nice enough and they think it doesn't fit the Christian narrative. And it's like, no, it doesn't fit your Christian narrative that everything oh, Christian man. is lame, but yep. it is funny well, and it's there, funny at your expense. There is a, uh, there's a video uh, that Ray Comfort made years ago. Oh yeah. You know about the banana man. Do you, oh, know yeah. the, do you know the history of that? How that happened? Yeah. He was with uh, uh, camp. Uh, well, he was with Kirk Cameron, Kirk Cameron Yeah. <coughs> when he made the, when he made the video. And basically, it's, it's if you haven't seen it, you can look it up, Carl. Uh, you can look up uh, probably Ray Comfort, Kirk Cameron, Banana Man. And that'll get you in the ballpark. And No, just Ray Comfort, banana Kirk Cameron, Banana. Yeah. He didn't call himself Banana Man. Well, he no, got, the, the, the atheist did. So what happened? Banana Man. <laughs> what happened was that this... Uh, he became a meme. That's what happened. He became a meme. And yeah. the reason it happened is because he was, he was taken out of context. He had this bit that he would do when he was speaking at churches about how the banana is proof that uh, of God's design. Mm -hmm. And so he would hold up a banana and he would say, look, look how neatly it fits into the palm of your hand. Look mm -hmm. how, and then he would hold his hand like in a cup and he would pull the banana in and out. Look how it mm -hmm. slides in and out easily in the human hand. And, what uh, else could explain this? Yeah, nothing else could explain it. Yeah. And then he would peel it and he'd go, look, even after it's peeled, look how it's bent towards the mouth. Mm -hmm. And so it was this whole silly right. uh, presentation. And, and, if you watch those videos, the congregation is laughing. In front of a live audience. In front of a live audience, the, right. everybody is laughing. Right. But when he did it with Cameron, there was no audience. Right. And so the atheists got a hold of this and just started mocking him. Look how stupid these Christians are. Look how look at how they look at the what they think is proof that God designed thing, the right. banana. You know, and then they would make all sorts of uh, response videos. One of them did like a can of soda. Look how this, the can of soda also fits in your hand. And, mm -hmm. and uh, they made all sorts of mockery. But th the point is that these were people from the outside. Which is actually really funny because the can of soda was designed to fit in the human right. hand. <laughs> but the, the point is that these are people outside the culture who are ridiculing the culture. And and they're not even doing a good job. They're They're... 
they're missing the joke. They're, right. they're starting from a position outside the joke. So they, they don't understand that it's intended to be funny. And right. so their criticism is of the comedy, and that makes them look silly. And when you say that to them, they're like, oh, you're just a defensive Christian. You can't handle, you can't handle the burn. And it's like, no, right. I know a thing or two about comedy. And if you don't understand what's funny about it, then you should be quiet because you look like an idiot when you start, when you start criticizing comedy as if it's not comedy. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm somebody who appreciates the more uh, acerbic, like, you know, uh, satirical, but like culturally relevant, like very hard hitting. You like things to have an edge. Yeah. I like, I like things to be a little bit, I like them to be sharp and a, a to have a little bitey. Yeah. To have somebody sting a bit when things are finished. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there are people out there who can fit that bill. I know that there are certain commentators who I can say for sure are Christians who, mm -hmm. you know, who love Jesus and who understand what the Bible says and who are out there in the culture making a difference, getting noticed and doing a thing well, that right. a skill that they've cultivated, and they're doing it well. And I know what the response is from the atheists when they do it. They're being unloving. Yep. They're not being Christ-like. Yep, which is why we also have friends in the business who are afraid to then go even further in that direction. They're afraid to do it even better than what they, they wouldn't do anything more edgy than banana man skit. Right. You can't win because if you do something that's, that's self deprecating, edgier, if you do anything purpose. other than knock, knock jokes, if you just right. stick to knock, knock jokes and cornball jokes, then they say, well, you're just corny and cheesy and you're right. not funny. Well, the, the banana skit is self deprecating and you know, it's, it's funny at the, it, he, Ray comfort made himself look foolish on purpose. Right. He's making, he's, he's making fun of the apologetic position, right. which is more what, what Christian comedians tend to be uh, comfortable doing. Like right. anything that's going to, to punch at, you know, themselves to punch at their own people and yep. to, you know, make fun of the church. Yep. And I'm fine with that, but it, that doesn't need to be only, it doesn't need to be only that. And like the Babylon Bee never gets in trouble when it punches at the church. Um, or when it punches a Christian culture. Uh, they don't get in trouble from the people outside the church. But conservatives. There are church, there are church people who get There are upset. very few. Like the Babylon Bee started I know what you're out. You're, you're talking about people who identify themselves as Christian <laughs> people, but they're really not because they're, they have no sense of humor. I'm, I'm talking about like, the fact that when we start, the, when we sound the most like uh, Pete Holmes or one of the atheist uh, comedians, mm -hmm. that's when people on both sides of the aisle start freaking out. As long as church people stick to, oh, look how funny we are. As long as we do what you do on stage when you say- As you, long as everybody is more like me, there's something there's no stupid problem. inside of each and every one of us. Like you can talk about your own stupidity till the cows come home and nobody's gonna get upset about it. Correct. You can talk about, you know, funny things that, or seemingly inconsistent things inside the church or things that conservatives have said or done that, you know, is just laughable or silly. You can make fun of Trump and even Trump supporters are probably not going to be that worked up there with a few exceptions. It but depends on how far to the right you go with Trump supporters. There are some I don't I don't even know that there are I don't even know that there are that many because they understand that jokes and laughter and like that that is a thing that is powerful. Sure, that, but but yeah, on both sides, left or the right, if you go too far to the right or to the left, mm -hmm. you you run into wackos. You run into crazy people who like 
I've seen it when I've been commenting on Fox News, you know, on Facebook. I'll, I'll put posts underneath some of this stuff, and, and they don't get it. The people who are following Fox News. Now, some of them may be trolls. Some of them may be bots. I get all of that. But there are people who legitimately do not understand, hey, this was a joke. Right. I, I, was, I my, was making a joke. My point is that when you're talking to other comedians or you're talking to other influencers or you're talking to other people who are complaining, for example, that, oh, the church is just full of lame, corny, you know, clowns, glorified Mm -hmm. clowns, and there's nobody who's really funny. It's like, no, you have just chastised and judged and torn down the people who are really funny because when they, as soon as they turn their wit on you, you can't handle it. And this is what the Babylon Bee did. They started out, like the whole reason they were founded was as like this church satire. And they did a lot of stuff about conservatives. And the conservatives were the ones who grew their brand. It was conservatives who started following them. You know, if anytime that they were pointing the fingers at themselves and laughing about it, they had a lot of conservatives who were also agreeing with them. Right. Then they got famous enough that they started make, making commentary on the, the larger culture. And they would start, you know... They would give equal attention to the progressives and the wokeness and right. all of that. And now suddenly, well, the Babylon Bee used to be funny, but now they're now not. Now they're not. Because they now they're making be, fun of me. Now they're judgmental. Now they're just, it's just a bunch of conservative <laughs> propaganda. And it's like, okay, the same people, yeah. the same people using the same tools, the same skill, that same technique that made them quote funny before is still funny now. You just can't tolerate the subject matter. Well, and that's the reality for a lot of Christian comedians. The other thing that Pete Holmes said, and he may have said this after you stopped watching. I'm sure he did. Was that uh, Bill Burr, he brought up Bill Burr, mentioned it by name. So Bill Burr says things that are true. And uh, so he was giving credit to Bill Burr, right. which is something that we have done on this podcast at least once and uh, maybe more than that. But I have, I'm a fan of Bill Burr. He's not a Christian. As far as I know, <clears throat> his language is certainly not going to be something that you're going to be able to play in church. But Pete Holmes <coughs> acknowledges that what Bill Burr says is true. And and then turns right around and goes back to assaulting this hapless, no-name, you know, goofball uh, Christian guy telling knock-knock jokes. Right. And it's like, okay, you are you are not being fair, and you're the one who's not being true. Right. I've I've said before that Bill Burr says the sort of things that we Christians are supposed to be saying. He talks about feminism. He talks about abortion. He talks about right. marriage. But again, the way we should talk about I, it. I don't believe for even a second that if you were able to parade 25, 30, 100 Christian comics saying true things in a funny way, like Bill Burr, if you were to parade them in front of Peter Holmes or whatever, uh-huh. I don't trust his judgment in being able to recognize them and give them credit. I don't think it's just you that don't he's think not he would being like fair. Bill, if Bill Burr was a Christian, you think Pete nope. Holmes wouldn't have mentioned him? Yep. He wouldn't like him. He wouldn't have heard about him. But if he had heard about him, like let's say that you and Tim Hawkins and Bob Smiley and all of your, you know, pro-level Christian comedian friends put out this like super special with just a... a, Which we kind of did a few years ago. Well, yeah, you can look at uh, the Rock Rock Show Show tour uh, with those three specifically. But like I'm talking, you know, you have 12, you have a dozen of of the biggest names in Christian comedy who've, who've been veterans for 20 years or more. 
and you you put this special together, this showcase of you know all your greatest hits. They would dismiss it because we are what? Well, unloving. Yeah. Or, or would they? They would call us corny, wouldn't they? Uh, depends. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't it depends they watch on that which material. Go, you look did. at the stuff you Christians like. No, if at. you had if you had uh, Tim Hawkins' atheist worship songs, they'd be offended and they would be critical and saying that it was not very loving. And if they had you and they went to your Facebook or your social media accounts, they'd find all this stuff that you've said, all, all your that social poisonous, commentary. poisonous, toxic stuff. You're I a write. misogynist and you're anti-gay and you're anti, you know, yeah. whatever else. You're a racist, I'm sure. Like when they found all that stuff, they would immediately dismiss you on those grounds because they're not consistent. They don't even know what they want. But they've already, they've created two rules. They've had, they have two rules for you. One, you have to be funny. Two, funny means immediately being unchristian. And so if you're a Christian who's trying to impress an atheist... They're not aware of these rules, right? No, they obviously don't realize that's what they're doing. But right. it's a no-win situation because as soon as you start playing hardball or you play it their way and you do it well, if you do it better than them, their fleshy pride kicks in and they don't even know that that's what's going on. But they hate it. They despise it. And so the first thing they'll say is, you're not funny. You're supposed to be a comedian. This just isn't funny. And then if you unpack that and try to get them to explain exactly what the difference is between the like sarcastic, pointed, personal jabs that you're taking at them and their stupid friends versus the ones that they're taking at us, they can't. They can't differentiate between the two. All they can come up with is, well, as a Christian, you're supposed to be different than me. You're supposed to be like Jesus. So obviously Jesus probably would not support what you're doing right now. That's, that's what they do every single time. So they find corny people who we can all agree are not funny. They find those Christians and we go, yeah, that's bad. But here, let me introduce you to the atheist worship songs. We're going to mock the snot out of you for feeling thankful for something and you can't even describe gratitude from right. an evolutionary perspective. What, does they, what are you thankful for? You're thankful to nothing for no reason. Then they get mad and they're like, that's just stupid. That's lame. That's not even funny. That's not evolution. You right. don't even understand right. evolution. That's why I said yeah. that they would say it's not funny. Right. No matter no matter what it is, and, they would say it's not funny. And in addition to not being funny, it's also not very Christ-like because well, those, Jesus those are, wouldn't those laugh would at be, this. Yeah, you may be right. It would be the people who are the ex-Christians or the people who used to be followers. Those are the ones who would say this is not very Christ-like. That's like everybody in the United <coughs> States. Atheists in the United States like mm. overwhelmingly used to be Christian. And that they do it for the same reason that our buddy Pete there decided to do it. Uh, so that they can get on podcasts or be interviewed by a and be journalist relevant. somewhere and yeah have, and have something people to say. listen to them so people will put a microphone in front of their face because they ran away from the church so they're not in that fellowship anymore right. so nobody no one inside the fellowship is listening to them talk anymore because right. they've distanced themselves right and so they're like well nobody's paying attention to me but how am i gonna get i know what i'll do i'll go on a secular podcast and complain about how oh, no one's listening to me right. in the church anymore right but they've literally defined again unbeknownst to the unbeknownst to them they've defined christianity as a group of people who aren't allowed to be funny like that's what they think christ-likeness is is being meek and letting other people walk all over you and letting them spit on you and letting them and not re, not responding at all Right. Certainly not being intelligent with your responses in a way that makes other people chuckle and go, oh, burn. I, like, they're I, not allowed to do those things because I that's not Christian. did think it was interesting that he referenced the truth in, in regards to Bill Burr. I thought that, thought that was, I agreed with him, and I thought that that was interesting, that he, that he couldn't get around the fact that Bill Burr is saying, is saying true things. Um, and we should all do that. But then he said something about, 
getting in touch with the inner, uh, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he was, he was giving, speaking positively about be, getting in touch with that inner thing, that, mm -hmm. that essence that was, that started the big bang. He referenced the big bang uh -huh. basically. So he was talking about God, right? He was, he was talking about, and, and he would have said this, he would say, yeah, I'm talking about God. He didn't use God's name, but he said it's important when that happens, then you start, it changes you and it makes you go forward. Mm -hmm. But, I, and I agreed with him to a point on that, but what was significant and what was where, where we, where we part ways is he doesn't give Jesus any credit for that. He does, he does, he, the way Pete's theology works is that anybody can get in touch with that thing that created the Big Bang. Anybody, right. we can, we can all. Uh, have that within inside of us, but Scripture tells us that that's not the case. That it's it's only through Christ that you get in touch with that power that most, He was referencing. Most atheists are really into like mushrooms and natural medicines. Does he believe that that's how you get in touch with this divine? Essence? I didn't. I didn't listen that far, but guarantee he's like smoking pot or something at least. Well, but it, it was it was the it was having a really. A form of religion, but denying its power. Basically, right. he's got a he's got a spirituality that is palatable enough to the non-believers that they don't laugh at him when he says it. Right. But I did because it's like, well, this is this is nursery school level stuff. This right. Is, you know, this there's this magical man out there. It's the same invisible sky fairy that they mock us for supposedly. Right worshiping but that's what they worship right an invisible sky fairy who's not allowed to tell funny jokes because it might offend somebody right. like that's who they, that's what they think jesus is and that's what they think christians worship and right. it's like yeah if you're going to scour the earth for examples of people who belong to that religion they're not going to be funny because you've already put them in a box that says they're not allowed to be and if they don't fit in that box you don't call them christians well and it's not they're not funny because they're not saying true things i had a experience at an open mic a few years ago where a guy got up and made fun of Christians right in front of me and didn't do very well. It was because none of the jokes he told were true. Oh, Christians this and Jesus that. And, but none of it was true. It was yeah. all just these stupid things that he, that he made, made up. up. Right. And so I got up afterwards and said, called him by name, and I said, that didn't go very well, did it? And everybody laughed because they all knew it didn't. I said, do you know why? Because it wasn't true. I mean, if you're going to make fun of Christians, you need to know some. Do you know any? He got, and then I said, I do. I spend, I spend a lot of time around Christians. I know how lame they are. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what they do. And and then the the bartender uh, was sitting back there talking. I didn't hear this, but a friend of mine said the bartender was talking during your set, and he was like, he's making fun of Christians, and he is one. Right. I mean, it just blew his mind blew that his I was mind. standing up there mocking Christians right. when I am one. It blew his mind because the atheists don't mock other atheists. Right. And that's what, again, I go back to that's that. That's my point. I still think that if it's Pete true. Holmes actually heard a funny Christian, he would immediately be offended and he wouldn't be able to handle it because the Christian would be mocking the culture. They'd be mocking LGBT stupidity and men as women and, right. um, you know, the, the grooming that's happening in public schools. They'd be pro-homeschool in a way that made people who graduated from public school feel stupid and then they would hate it and right. they would complain that he wasn't very Christ-like. Right. So, the, so. <laughs> so you can gauge, you can gauge, Carl, how funny 
a Christian is by how upset the non-Christians are with him. You can stand up at an open mic and do an entire set worth of funny things that Christians do that's stupid, and the Christians will laugh. But you cannot stand up as a Christian and mock atheists in a way that will make the atheists laugh in most cases. I can't mock their religion. Yeah. Uh, I haven't learned that skill. I have not. (laughs) No, they haven't. Oh, they haven't. All right. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.